by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. Was it as entertaining as the last few games? No, it was not. But the Canadians lost a game that they kind of needed to lose as they head towards the tanking time of year. I mean, the tanking time of year is all year, the last two years. But these are the important games, right? And against Philadelphia Flyers, who were, you know, competing with them for those top picks, this was a, a good one to choose to lose even though the Canadians seemed like they wanted to get back in it, especially Raphael Harvey-Pennard. Man, did he ever compete hard tonight. We got lots to talk about. Sean Farrell debuted. Caden Primo came up from the AHL to start this one. Uh, Brennan Gallagher is on the score sheet for the third straight game. We've got Arun Singh with us here. That's going to be extremely fun. So uh, we've got lots to get to. But before we get too deep into the game, let me tell you about Sports Interaction, where it is March Mania for a few more days. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen right now, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. So, let's welcome in Arun. Arun, how are you, my good friend? Bonjour, mon ami. Comment ça va? As they say in your province. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I used to do French public speaking, but it was always slow like any angle I've ever learned French. So, uh, no, I'm doing great. Honestly, uh, I was telling this before. This was, to me, the perfect abs game for this time of the year, given where uh, we want Bedard, but perhaps we should be happy with Picard. I don't know. You know, whatever. <laughs> Picard, I said Picard, I got Star Trek on the brain. Uh, look, we'll pretend I, pretend I got his name right. Um, but anyway, we got to uh, try to rhyme and I failed. I'm, I'm excited despite my uh, bad rhyming. Yeah, I mean, hey, Harvey Pennard is continually full of magic, right? Uh, from the shot block yeah. early in the game that kept him out for a stretch. It looked like it got him in like the top of the laces on the boot. That doesn't feel good. And no. Man, the fact I don't know, I would have probably preferred he tried to like crawl his way to the bench instead of just stay out there and just look like he's in pain. But uh, man, did he ever push it hard tonight? And then getting the goal in the final minute there, really Pinard. clutch performance from him. Yeah, Pinard, not to be confused with Jean Luc Picard. Apparently, Pinard <laughs> is uh, what I love about watching him play is he 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 uh, finds that line between playing really hard and not doing the dirty stuff in the dirty areas like he doesn't like i don't he never feels like a scummy player but he is like if you go at him he will follow through um and i really respect that i think that goal at the end of the game exemplified that he's he's a gamer like i I don't know what the habs identity is going to be you probably could articulate better than me but these guys just don't give up and they have fun, and Pinarda is, and you know, is, is absolutely exemplified that tonight. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, there was some comments about uh, Sean Farrell as well. We'll talk about Sean Farrell and uh, Claire. Welcome to the show, Claire. Was asking about the announcement that we have tonight. <clears throat> Arun knows about this a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry, because Arun was uh, going to be on the show that this announcement is going to take place on. We had to move him to this one. But I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer for the announcement. There's not very many people in the show right now, so we'll wait until we're cooking a little bit more with more viewers, and then we'll talk announcement. But I do want to talk about Sean Farrell, because 
Uh, I guess there's some comments saying that he didn't look NHL ready tonight. Let's like calm a little. Uh, first game <laughs> coming out of the NCAA, it's yeah. a big jump. And I don't think that that line made much sense. I don't know if uh, Druin and Gurionov are the best line mates for a, a guy like Sean Farrell. It's not the best insulation for for a young player. That's you know two players who are pretty defensively weak. So putting that on Farrell is a little bit tough. He didn't get very many uh, shifts in the offensive zone. But what what did you see, Arun? Uh, what I think is, is honestly, I'm going to have a lack of opinion other than to say it's his first game in a, in, in a time when the team has a few injuries and is they're trying to win, but also, you know, not trying to win. And so I, I think I go back, think about LeBron when he made his debut, uh, scored a few points, lost, like I think his first five games, and then he became LeBron. I am not saying Sean Farrell is going to be the LeBron of hockey, but what I am saying <laughs> is that We've been spoiled by players like Kennard, again, bringing him up, coming up and immediately having an impact. But it's okay to take a few games to figure it out. It's okay to have nerves. It's okay. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm like, I'm not going to speculate on his state of mind. I'm not going to speculate on his skill level till he, we've got a larger sample size. If he had had a hat trick tonight, I don't necessarily think we'd know any more about him than we do not having a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, what's-his-face that we traded to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, Paling, Ryan Paling, with the essentially a four goal night, right? And that told us really nothing about the player that he is. So we can we can chill a little bit. Hopefully, Farrell plays every game the rest of the season, and he can acclimate to the NHL a little bit, get comfortable, be tried with a couple of different lines, that kind of stuff. We're not Leafs fans, right? We're not supposed to overreact like this. Leave it to Dangle and to Wild (laughs) and to Jesse. That's what they do. We embrace our players and give them time. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's funny. The other player who's really stood out to me, we talked about this yesterday, Kirby Doc, stood, stood out to everybody. It's not exactly an insight on my part, but you think about how where Chicago thought he fit or didn't fit, and then what it takes when you just you're in the right circumstances. Let's let's let the kid figure it out. Come on. Yeah, a hundred percent. Mark Dumas, co-host of the show, is saying in the comments that nobody said that he didn't look NHL ready. Uh, I'm going by your comment, Mark, where you said that uh, Farrell didn't look out of place. I assume that somebody said that he did look out of place, which to me means not NHL ready. But uh, yeah, he's he's all right. He, I think he's going to be okay. Fact checking Dumas. Look at that. Apparently, he's fact checking me. And Kay is saying I'm outrage farming. You know what? I will outrage farm. No, no, no. I'm not gonna. But uh, yeah, I thought Farrell was fine. He had a really strong back check. I think it was in the second period. Maybe it was the first period. This game was not very entertaining. Uh, I'm not, not going to lie. It was pretty slow. Uh, although I will say I am glad that it didn't go to overtime in a shootout. Just on purely selfish reasons. Going to a shootout last night. And then I did an hour-long show with Mark. Then I had to go to sleep and wake up for the kids going to school. So it was uh, it was pretty pretty short. So being able to get to sleep a little bit earlier tonight sounds all right to me. And uh, that game put me in the mood to sleep. But for, uh, for, overall, everyone thinks, for everyone who thinks this is grouchy, Andrew, this is the happiest I've known it. I've seen him in the 10 years I've known him, just so we're clear. <laughs> I'm always grouchy. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, there was some things that happened in this game. There is a few things. You know what I will say? There's one thing that stood out to me about this game that stood out in the last several games. Brendan Gallagher looks back. Like it's not just the fact that he's on a three game goal scoring streak. It's that what he's accomplishing on all of his shifts, uh, 
is what we're used to seeing with like prime Brendan Gallagher. I don't, I'm not saying that he's going to score 30 next year. Not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that he looks like for one, his shot is healthy for the first time in like three years. And second of all, like he's having fun out there. Like how often have we watched Brendan Gallagher be just like crazy frustrated and slamming his stick and yelling at the refs the last few games. He looks pretty happy out there. I think the canary in the coal mine with Gallagher is the smirk. It's always to me been the trademark thing about him when he's in the zone. He, he, you are reminded if he was on anyone else's team, you would hate his guts. And so whenever I'm like, so glad he's ours, I know that something's working. And that smirk tells me he is playing, uh, you know, we were talking about Pinard. Gallagher does the same thing. He plays right up to that edge. I think sometimes he might go a little bit over, but he plays right up to that edge. And you you pay for when you go up against him. And today felt like a game where it was. This felt like I, honestly, I had flashbacks to Scott Gomez and Brian Gianta, uh, Brendan Gallagher, right? <laughs> Gallagher right now, just with the way he was controlling the puck and the way he was over the ice, and how much I frankly noticed him in a game I didn't notice a lot of people. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that line, like Mark and I talked about last show, Jake Evans with uh, Brendan Gallagher. There's something there. Uh, I, I think those two just have a lot of chemistry and like they both love to sacrifice every shift. And I think there's like some mutual feed, like a feedback loop that they create with each other. Like, oh, you're going to go into the corner and win a puck battle. I'm going to go into the corner and win a puck battle. And it just like it seems like they w- work themselves up into a frenzy. And it's pretty fun. You know, those two are fun to watch together. And I think uh, Ulan deserves some credit for hanging with them. I thought he was pretty good tonight. Again, he's continued to have a lot of good games lately. I think when you have a guy like Gallagher on your team, especially as he becomes, I know this makes you feel old, one of the elder statesmen on the team. <laughs> it is. Yep. You, you, he, and he still plays the way he does. It is, uh, he reminds me a lot of Daniel Bryan in AEW now, or Brian Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryan WWE, which is when a guy's willing to put that much into something every night, you've got no excuse when you're that much younger uh, or, or whatever your situation is to not give it the same. And so I think having, the biggest value of Gallagher besides being having a shot back, having his, his mojo back is if he can keep providing that example to the players on the team. And this is a hard playing team. I love them. They're fun. They love the game the way Gallagher loves it. If you can have someone like that provide an example, I think that is what this team will need as it develops further. Like we said, I don't know what the identity of this team is going to be, but there are few better people to develop an identity from than Brendan Gallagher, who has that, who has a unique mix of toughness and skill, um, at least in like the last 10, 15 years of Canadian, his Canadian's history. He's just a special player. Yeah. Romelli in the chat says, love Galley, hate his contract. And I think that's totally fair. Right. Uh, it's one of those, we talked about like every show recently, that last summer for Mark Bergevin was utter disaster. Like as much as the summer before, I think was his best summer as GM period. The summer after, panicked, losing Deneau and Kokaniemi, and, man, they lost Tatar as well. Like, everything he touched turned to shit. It was unbelievably brutal. So, I, I think if you're able to separate Gallagher the player from Gallagher the contract when you're talking about him, I think that says a lot about you as a fan because most fans have trouble with that, right? Especially in the salary cap era, people just see 
the the number on the salary cap not living up to that number hate this player so if you can still find enjoyment in the player while acknowledging that you don't really like the contract i think that you're going about it in the right way like listen there's no wrong way to be a fan except for being like abusive and toxic but i think that is the right way to do it for your own sanity and also i think it's just better i also think we talk a lot about you know player loyalty we talk about like you know how much that crest is supposed to mean to them but this is a business and gallagher Played for the played for the the logo on that sweater, and he we all know he was underpaid. And I think it is kind of ridiculous of us to expect players to always take a hometown discount and not get paid theirs, given the fragile nature of sports. Like look at Carey Price. I mean, we can bemoan the contract, but it's hard. And, and you could not think a goalie should ever get paid that much on a team. It's a perfectly valid point of view. But someone like Carey was the was the backbone for this team. Uh, for a long time, it's a shame he's not going to see a cup in a Habs uniform. But if we want these payers to get played, played to get paid, not played, um, <laughs> then we we have to accept the quote unquote bad contract. I think is part of making sure that these guys make money. It's not like hockey is a sport overflowing with money, despite some of the markets with sponsorships, despite some of the other benefits, despite the fact that most of these guys seem like they'd be happy in the Ford F one fifties, which are not the cheapest vehicles, <laughs> but like. We st- why, why, given what they put on the line for us, like let's let's make sure they get let's make sure they get paid. I don't know. I, I have a hard time worrying about that when this team is so fun. I look at the rest of the roster. I look at the management. This organization feels like a one eighty from the Bergevin era. And my my feelings of Bergevin well established. Don't need to get back into it. But I. Everything happening with this team from Pizzetta's celebration yesterday to uh, just how watching today, I think I've been traumatized by past Habs who take up the ice, dump it down the left side. They fought for it. They fought for everything. Was it boring sometimes? Yes, it was uneventful. But I watched this game and I said, look, these are these guys, are they're going hard to the net every time. They're taking shots and they're having fun. As a fan, what else can I ask for? Look, yes, I'd love them to win a cup. No one expected it from the team this year. And then you have no. players coming out of nowhere like Bernard. You have Kirby Doc be what he is. You have uh, Matheson come in and just playing, what, 30 minutes a night these days? Like, what are, what? are how are we supposed to look at this team and feel anything but happy? And I guess to me, you're right. There's no bad way to be a fan. Hold true to what you believe is true. But, like, um, Gallagher's contract is not going to be the difference between this team succeeding and failing. Gallagher being here... Is going to set us up for the future, and that's what we should be concerned about. Yeah, I, I agree. I think as much as Gallagher is not ever, I don't think he's going to ever recapture like his prime level. It's just unlikely at his age, but uh, an injury history. But if he can just be a contributor, score like stay healthy enough to score fifteen-ish goals per season, continue to push play the right way, continue to be that example of what you can sacrifice on the ice to get the job done. He has a lot of value, you know, it may not be value on the salary cap, but it'll be value for the future of the team, for the kids that he is playing alongside. There's, there's a lot there. Um, there was a couple comments here. Uh, Keck shows in the chat says, in fact, uh, the fact that Galley is still loved by many fans, despite the contract shows how much the fan base loves and appreciates this guy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, there are some people who definitely turned on Gallagher, but for the most part, I think 
the same group in the fan base that's very patient and understanding of the need to rebuild is kind of the same group that understands that Brennan Gallagher was probably paid three or four million dollars less during his prime years than he was worth and now is you know making that money in a time where the Canadians don't really need to worry right now about the salary cap they can overspend right now it it, it doesn't really matter it's two years from now or so where things are just going to start to get tight where like some of those players that are young are going to be have going to have to get extended you know uh, Caulfield is the only one that's going to get uh a big contract this summer that we know of. I would also say that like at the risk of being a jerkshire, don't be in a rush to get rid of or figure like, and not, not, no one's thinking to get rid of, but like resent having players here on higher contracts who are good leaders. Cause if you get rid of too many of your leaders, you're going to turn into what the flyers are right now, which lacks identity, lacks leadership and is, are just a mess of an organization. And I, you know, I'm not a, fil- a fan of anything Philly except for the cheesesteaks and Rocky, but like this is this team. I don't. I remember when this team used to make you hurt, and I thought they were a bunch of scumbags. And I mean, I guess when you, based on some of those players, they still have some scumbags. But like, um, you know, it was like you had. It was the Danny Briere era on the ice was when I was like, I hate you, you punks, you all, and like, but I respected they could outmuscle everybody. I they could uh, they were. They were dangerous and they were Broad Street bullies. And I look at them now and I don't know what they are, Andrew. Like I, I think they are a cautionary tale for when you um when you get rid of core assets and some of the most loyal players. They're just a, it's what I what I was always worried Montreal was going to be under Bergevin and what it has um uh what it has avoided becoming. We should all be really thankful for that. Yeah, it's very true. And Paul Eroldi in the chat says, honestly, this whole culture and vibe is great, but it doesn't really help you win. It just makes the losing more bearable for the players. I'm going to disagree, Paul. And the reason I'm going to disagree is establishing this culture right now where, you know, even while they're technically tanking, you're still pushing for wins. You're still not giving up. You're still pushing teams that are on paper way way better than you to the brink that shows everyone in that locker room that has a future with the team or and some that don't that like there's more that can be accomplished than what you might think you know and when you get into a playoff round and you're the underdog and you have that belief that like listen we can actually take these guys that's how you get a contender that ascends faster than you would expect right that's like that kind of stuff like look at the toronto maple leafs for example right insanely skilled but do they really believe they're a cup contender in their heart of hearts do you think that mitch marner when the playoffs begin thinks this team is going to win the stanley cup i don't i don't think he truly believes it I think that team, and honestly, Dangle and the boys were talking about this. Maybe it was just yesterday or today in the podcast. I can't imagine that team, and especially that fan base, going around one and don't say, please don't make it to game seven. Because it's like, it, because it, we know what happens every year. And by the way, my brother, I'm from Toronto. My brother is a diehard Leafs fan. I grew up with better taste in hockey. Sorry, brother. But it's, uh, <laughs> it is, 
that is a you can't believe it doesn't matter what they do whereas i look at these hats and i'll tell you right now as much as i was down on them after the suban stuff a whole bunch of other things i look at this team now and say from the consumer facing culture with their support for things like pride nights indigenous uh people's night i want to make sure i get the canadian terms around this too all those all those all those social events they're on the right side of history that makes this an inclusive fan base. I think this is a young group of progressive uh, players in the hockey world, right? Uh, certainly having a, a Japanese-Canadian uh, uh, captain is is an incredible thing in so many ways, and Nick Suzuki is an incredible player. But this is a team and a culture that you can make mistakes in. Uh, St. Louis is uh, is an incredibly supportive, inclusive, fair guy in his press conferences. I got to imagine this will make some players want to come to Montreal. Some of those same players who are going to be pieces. And you look at how you look at how every player coming there has been given a fair chance and how many players really aren't prospering. I love that Caden Primo got called up today for a Flyers game. It's great. I love, I love that this is an organization that is giving people chances to live out their dreams. And come next year, we have an incredibly solid core. We have some surprises and I have zero concerns about the future. We're, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say, hey, Dave at sports, what's what's the betting thing called again? Uh, sports, sports Interaction. Sports Interaction. Let's do this. It is the Berkshire bet, the Betshire. <laughs> Who wins a round one first, the Leafs or the Habs? Oh, my God. You know yeah, it's going to be Montreal. Give us those odds because <laughs> I want to see it because I, I just believe this team is too fun not to even just like – they're going to skill and luck and have fun. And they are the kind of team is here. The, I know I'm going on, but remember the golden misfits were like this team of like, uh, you know, they were what they were and we all cheered from. I look at this team with Kirby doc and, and a guy who's getting a chance here. I look at Matheson coming back, you know, hometown, home province boy. There's a bunch of players here who are just having a ton of fun. And I get, I know it's not the same. I get similar vibes. that if you put this team and told their stories, and, and put them in front of an American audience. I think there's a ton of people who would get behind this collection of players. There's just something special about these guys. I, I totally agree. And, you know, uh, Paul is talking about, like, uh, culture is not going to win over elite talent. You know, like, it, long-term, I agree. Uh, you need to have the culture, but the culture, you're right, is not what wins on the ice. It's part of it. It, I think it elevates the team as a whole, but you do need elite, elite talent. The, the NHL is a strong link sport. In the playoffs, uh, you do need to have as many players as possible in that like elite range. I know, um, I think Dom Lucision and Shanna Goldman just wrote an article in The Athletic talking about how if you have more players in the 80th or above percentile than your opponent in the playoffs, you have like something like a 65% chance of winning, something like that. But one thing to keep in mind is like Nick Suzuki, for example. I think you, if you bring up Nick Suzuki, a lot of people would probably say not elite, right? Uh, where they're talking about like the 80th percentile being like quote unquote elite. Uh, Nick Suzuki this year, I believe I had it on evolving hockey. He's in the 74th percentile and his defensive numbers are abysmal because he's got no support and plays against top competition often with bad line mates uh, Kirby doc. This season is actually in the 77th percentile. Remember these guys are, young they are young and relatively unsupported by players of their own caliber on this roster i think you will be surprised at how good 
the players the Canadians already have will be once they hit their prime years, right? Like Suzuki is 23, going to be 24 next year. That's like beginning of prime up until age 28 kind of thing. There's, They're also going to get a really legit player this year. I know people are worried about uh, the Canadians possibly passing on Mitch Goff, but they're, they're going to get a very good player in the first round, possibly two very good players in the first round, depending on where Florida lands. So I, I understand the push to get more elite talent, but it's one of those things where there are players already in the system that are going to elevate into that range shortly. And you also, like... You can't really magically make that happen out of nowhere, except for unless you consider uh, Pierre Luc Dubois elite, and then maybe the Canadians will do just that. Well, that, but that, but that's the thing I was saying, Andrew. Like, I would say, depending on your definition of elite, how many truly elite players are there out there? I know the Leafs, by the way, are the exception that, to this whole rule about elite players. So I'm not trying to beat up and put them aside. But if you were to trade, uh, if you were to say, I'm going to magically take a player from another team, you know. But, <laughs> Or you might steal someone from the Lightning. Maybe you want a pathback. Maybe you want, uh, besides, obviously, guys in Edmonton. How many elite players in the league are you looking to take? Whereas I look at this team, and again, I'm not the ex- I'm not. I'm not as in the numbers and an expert like you or Mark, but I would say we have Suzuki, we have Caulfield, we have Pinard, we have Doc, we have a foundation of great players. Jack, we have this foundation of really great players. Gallagher is elder statesman that you can build around. And yeah, look, there's going to be, that's the great thing about Quebec. There's hometown boys wanting to come back here, like Dubois. W- w- is he going to be a fit or not? We'll see. Look, Drouin works sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. And so I think that is, uh, we. this team has had elite talent in the past. Uh, we remember the Price to ban prime era. And I know that you're, you know, that also came with some other players who weren't the greatest, but this is as good a core as you could reasonably expect from a team in a rebuild right now. And look at Suzuki's growth year over year. Look at Cockfield's growth year over year. These guys are all trending in the right direction. It just takes a Cinderella story just takes one time to happen. And, uh, and I see these guys in the final in the conference finals again in the next three years. It's just, that's how good I think they are. Yeah. They're, they're going to be a good team. And, if you can build the overall like strong structure, you can also find elite talents other ways, right? Like uh, Ken Hughes is consistently brought up that like a year from now, they may be in a position where instead of making a draft pick, they end up using that high draft pick to build something else, like to, to build a trade around uh, for offer sheets, all sorts of things. There's other ways to acquire players. You look at like the New York Rangers right now, which I think are, I don't know if they're a team that's actually a real cup contender, although with Igor Shesterk in there, you know, like they kind of already are and their kid line's starting to get a little bit better. But like, or Tommy Panarin, they got him via UFA, uh, Zibanejad trade. You know, like some of their best players were not acquired through the draft. There's other ways of accumulating players. It's just, you need that strong draft base, which the Canadians never had under the last management group to build around and start filling those holes as opposed to trying to fill the rest of your roster from unrestricted free agency. You need the cheap draft picks coming up to keep you cap compliant to spend big in free agency or in trades. Although I will say uh, we're going to 
talk about the announcement. But if you want the announcement, you got to like the stream. All right. So we've got almost 100 people here watching right now. Only 24 likes that I can see. So make sure you smash that like button, subscribe to SDPN. And if you're really feeling like we want to push this announcement out a little bit further, maybe you can grab the link and share it on Twitter or throw it up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And then uh, people can come in and help uh, have fun with us. So there's lots to talk about with this team going forward. Arun, I think you had a thought, though. Uh, yeah, I think my, I can't remember what my thought was. I'm going to, so I'm going to pivot to an entirely different question that I talked about, brought up to you before, which is for the, for the, for the viewers at home, is, uh, John Tortorella, the, uh, the, the Anglo Michelle Terrier, because, uh, he's had more success, but I got to tell you, I look at the, when he goes to teams, I look at how quickly that the new car smell fades and I look at what the team is and I look how he deals with the media and, I I was watching the Flyers and I was seeing Michelle Terrier Habs. I yes they won. <laughs> His Habs won a lot of games they probably shouldn't have either. And uh, I it just looked messy and sloppy and without an identity. Like that's the thing. These it, I forget who it was who who crashed into Primo. Was it Frost? But you know back in the day the Flyers would have had the decency to Chris Kreider and actually try to injure the goalie and have an identity. They, there's, there's no identity there right now. And I don't want bad things for Flyers. I like a lot about Tortorella, actually. I can't say I want more personality in the NHL and to get mad when Tortorella has it. But it is, uh, I, I don't know what these Flyers are, and maybe that's management, but I, I just wonder if they're kind of doomed with Tortorella at the helm. It is kind of ironic that Tarian was coaching there just like last year and they're like, let's change the culture. And they brought in Tortorella. I will say I have more respect for Tortorella as a coach in terms of like uh, adopting modern techniques. I think that he actually does uh, grow as a coach, whereas Tarian is very, very stagnant. Um, Did you see Tarian going off on Michael Pozzetta for the shootout celebration? Yeah. I don't know what podcast he was on. I just saw a clip of it from uh, our friends at Habs Fan TV posted it on their social media that Tarion was saying that it was like embarrassing to the other team. And I like, man, this old school thought that like you can't celebrate because the other team might get mad. What the hell do you think this is? They're not out here doing a coordinated dance. It's a competition. It's a physical game. You're, they're your, your opponent. They're not your teammates. You don't actually have to respect them after goals. Like, fuck them. Like, we need that kind of animosity in sports. It also wasn't disrespectful. Like, disrespect to me is Brad Marchand, right? Like, there are lines I think he crosses on the ice that are, that are beyond the pale for me. And, and, sure. uh, Bodily fluids need not be shared with other players. However, uh, Having fun with a little celebration. You know what sports do that? Uh, the ones that are all more popular than hockey. I yeah. want more people watching the NHL. And it's a great hockey is the greatest sport on this earth. And we need to have some damn fun. We do. <laughs> I, and that's like one of my issues with Torts because I do think he is like there's parts of him that are yes personality sure, but I think a lot of his personality is still of that old school that's holding the game back. Like when he was on TV, uh, I don't remember if it was TNT or ESPN that he was on. He was like trashing Trevor Zegris for doing like the Michigan assist. And he was like, Oh, if that was my team, I'd bench him. And like, I just want somebody to punch him in the face for that. And I was like, 
for being skilled, for being more skilled than another person, you think like that's the way that hockey should trend. But thankfully, I feel like hockey is not trending that way. It is trending towards entertainment. I wish that the players were a little bit more uh, entertaining off the ice, but maybe that'll come too as well. Uh, Quack Show says it was TVA Sport, not even a podcast. Oh, so he must have been going from home because he looked like he was in like 480p at best. So <laughs> it's funny how like broadcasters, like they can't even, I understand like the shift to working from home happened in the pandemic and it's been, you know, still happening. You have like insider training on TSN where Pierre Lebrun is from home or Chris Johnston is from home, but man, like get them a solid mic and a camera. You are a, a rights holder broadcaster. I work for a small company called SDPN and I have a camera that can stream in 4K. Like, come on, guys. I, I don't want to see Michel Therrien in AirPods on TVS4. Like, give me a break. Like, no offense to AirPods or anything. Wow. Our guests okay, can okay, have yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you're going on a TV broadcast, spend a little bit of money. Spend a little bit of money. Give us something. All right. Should we get to this announcement? Yeah. I think the people deserve it. it. The people deserve it. All right. So, Game Over Montreal is partnering for one day only with Habs Fan TV and Eyes on the Prize. And we are hosting a giant Habs Fan watch party and meetup at La Cajo Spore next to the Bell Center, April 8th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, tickets for this event will be available. Not tonight, probably tomorrow, late afternoon to evening. We've got to iron out some details with Lacage, and then we'll be back out here telling you all the details. We've got some graphics that we're working up. It's going to be fun. Justin Fisher says, pounding the table, SDPN. That's right. SDPN will spend money to give you good broadcasts, all right? Better than the three-letter network or TVA. Let me tell you, remember this. When you come to this event, you know what else you get? A chance for five free chicken wings. Don't forget, <laughs> there's free chicken wings potentially in this for you if the game goes your way. Is that still that, a thing? Is the- that is still a thing. In fact, when I was talking to the manager of Casual Sport today on the phone, he was saying that he hopes that the Canadians score five goals in the game preceding the Toronto game. Because if he does, if they do, they will basically meet us at the door with chicken wings for all the people who, who come in. So it's going to be insanely fun. My, I'm going to be there. Mark Dumont's going to be there. A bunch of folks from Eyes on the Prize are going to be there. All the folks from Habs Fan TV are going to be there. They're going to be out with the microphone doing their man on the street style stuff. We're going to have them on the broadcast. We're going to have opportunities for fans to come on the broadcast with us after the game. We're going to do it live from Lacage which is going to be super fun. I honestly can't wait. This is going to be like, I'm so excited for it. I can't even hold it in. It's it's so fun. So I, I've been wanting to do this for forever. How do we get Sammy Zane or Kevin Owens there to really make it a party? Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens. I wish I, I was actually supposed to have Sammy Zane on the show this year before WrestleMania, but Things just like never worked out and we haven't actually heard back. We, we talked to his people, but not Sammy. So we're hoping to do that for next year. So my goals for next year are do a couple of these big meetups, 
so that people who from are out of town from out of town have a chance to come into town to do it have more notice between them want to have sammy on want to have ko on want to have pk suban on and i want to have vigo mortensen on because how can you not get the man who wore hab's jersey or hab's shirt underneath his aragorn costume during lord of the rings the whole time on the show i mean we've got to get vigo right but if anybody has any way to know how to talk to vigo please tell me I would like to also formally announce I now know the four podcasts I will be on next year uh, with <laughs> with Andrew. Uh, but no, this is uh, honestly I think it's um, you know I want to say take a moment to, to just say kudos to you, Andrew, and uh, and how you've grown Game Over, how it's grown this year. Uh, I joke it's the only uh, podcast that ever had two runes at the same time. But uh, <laughs> I want to say as your friend who's watches grow. Uh, the the amount of diverse opinions, uh, intersectionally diverse guests you've had in the show, you're doing a really great thing for the world of hockey. It's an incredibly accessible show. I love listening to it. Mark Dumont is definitely uh, a person who is among my. I don't know where I was going to joke. Mark's awesome, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, you've had a great group of people here, and I think um, you know, like we we're saying at the beginning, this was the uh, this is the perfect podcast for this season of the Habs because they may be losing. But it's fun, and you've found a way to find the joy in each of these, in each of these games. And I think tonight, you just like look. This is a t- this is a, these are a bunch of gamers. They are going to, uh, they are never going to let you down. It was funny. I was uh, when they came here to LA, where I'm based. I was talking to my wife Michelle about going to see the Habs. She's like, "What? I thought they weren't doing good this year." I'm like, "Oh no, but they're not. May not be doing good, but they're going to be so much fun on ice. Let's just watch them play. Like, let's just watch it go because." I do not have a good time uh, when Suzuki, Doc, all those guys touched the ice. And so we did not end up going, but it was, uh, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I don't look at the record. It's just the players are so fun. So um, it's, uh, I remember starting this early in the year. It was you, me, and Jim Marichal on the show. We weren't sure what the season was going to be. And it has honestly exceeded all my expectations. 100%. 100%. Uh, got some, oh, God, Romelli says Hot Ones Challenge at Lacage. If you guys want, I can bring some hot sauces there. I will not promise that I will take it well. <laughs> it was it was tough this time. The lineup this year was a lot tougher than the lineup that I did with Julian last year. I don't know how far I would go with the Hot Ones Challenge. Maybe after the show. And I noticed Claire saying, but Andrew will need to be home in bed by 10.30 after the meetup. It's a Saturday, so theoretically... I could sleep in. The kids sleep in a little bit more on the weekend. Uh, my wife will generously handle things, I think, on the Sunday. But I plan on staying a bit after after the game ends. So. Andrew, can we incentivize this by all donating so you can give another big check to the Montreal Hospital? I'm not kidding. Okay, well, we are. We... we do have a charity drive planned, not for the meetup, but we might talk about it at the meetup and maybe start taking... Uh, donations there but we're actually going to the last show of the season and i guess this is another announcement uh for anybody who's excited by announcements the last show of the season for every game over market this year is going to be a charity drive for an lgbtq plus support group or organization that's local to that market uh we as an organization, like I, I can't tell you how proud I am of the people that we brought into game over. Like 
the behind the scenes, I wish people could see how supportive and amazing they are to a person. They're incredible. But we've seen what's happened here in the league and the, the players refusing to wear the pride jerseys. And we know that people of in that community are scared right now. The way the world is trending, you know, uh, the shooting that happened in Nashville, you know, as sad as that is, and, you know, thoughts and prayers, all that, it's also being weaponized immediately against trans people, which is just horrifying. But we want to be a community consistently that doesn't just talk the talk, but also walks the walk. So we want to make sure that this is a space where everyone feels welcome unless you're an awful person and that's not about how you were born. That's choices that you make. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward and supporting that community as well, because they deserve our support. Everyone deserves to feel like they're welcomed. It's not just about being told you're welcome. It's about feeling it right where you go somewhere and you don't feel unsafe. And if you're wondering about like the meetup or whatever, right. And maybe you're not comfortable being around a bunch of hockey fans. I am telling you right now, it's my personal guarantee that anybody who says anything that uh, is offensive along those lines, they will be removed. I don't care if they, they buy a ticket or if, if they want to meet one of the people hosting, this will be 100% a safe space for all people. You'll be a hundred percent inclusive. If you want to be there, and you're, you know, acting right, you're not making somebody else feel unsafe, you'll be welcomed with open arms. I will give you a hug myself. All right. So we want to genuinely say that as well. So everything that we do going forward, we want to have that on our mind. That's incredible. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know about that one at all yet. I am not surprised in the slightest knowing you and the quality of your character. So, um, that's, that's incredible. That's uh that's a great move. And, uh, I still want to donate to the sick kids. So I want you to suffer and then we can donate to sick kids. So I think we could do both. Well, I, I'll tell you what, if you've got a, a challenge or anything for me to do at some point, either in the rest of the season or uh, in the summer to support a, a donation to, you know, PK is helping hands or sick kids hospital, anything like that. I will be there for that as well, because awesome. why, why the heck not? All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that we can help, genuinely where we know that that money goes to the right people to uh to people who definitely need it we, we're gonna step it up can bergevin come to the meetup why not <laughs> no no, no why I, thought not? You said bad, I thought you said bad people can't come to the meetup well if he if he says something we can throw those big fake pipes right out the door you could just squirt the hot sauce in his eyes <laughs> just bring it just for that Oh man, we'll we'll uh, do the old like grade school thing where somebody goes down on all fours behind him and somebody pushes him. He looks pretty top heavy. I uh, yeah, I, I do. I would say that don't let him get you in like uh, in like the Cobra Clutch or any of those wrestling holds because he will choke you out with his biceps. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Kekshro says also Reimer was proven wrong today by Nazim Kadri wearing the pride jersey. You're damn right he was. It's not about religion. It's it's so not about religion. You know, there's lots of Christians across the NHL who wore that Jersey. So total BS, but uh, we're going to have a lot of fun at Lacage on Saturday. It's going to be really, really fun. <laughs> Tabletop. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be great. I'm I'm really excited for it, and uh, we're also going to do the second last game of the season. Mark and I are going to do like a fan appreciation night of some kind. Uh, we don't know what the plan is yet because Quebec has stingy rules about giveaways, but we want to figure out something we can do for each and every person who comes to this stream and supports us every game that we do. You know, during this terrible <laughs> stretch of Habs hockey. I know they're playing well and, and like uh, they're entertaining, but like, you know, they're still losing most of the time. So I understand people. There's a lot of people who aren't engaged, right? So the people who are engaged and are here constantly supporting us, we love you so much. And we want to show that uh, the second last game of the season as well. Um, other than that, I think we covered this game pretty well. Arun. How do you feel? Yeah, there's, I feel good. I think there's. Uh, it was an unexciting game that produced a very exciting uh, set of announcements in the in getting out in. Uh, I was called getting over game over. <laughs> wow, I'm good with words today. Uh, with game you're, you're over, you're thinking wrestling. You're, you're thinking WrestleMania, am, right? No, yeah, I am thinking of the Getting Over podcast. That's my buddy Adam Silverstein, which is a great podcast. But um, yeah, I am thinking about WrestleMania. Uh, and. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed joining people this season. I really appreciate how many of uh, the Game Over fans uh, send me a DM or jump in my mentions on Twitter to uh, to share their appreciation. I am not a stack guy. I am definitely the casual fan, diehard casual fan. Um, but and I appreciate how welcoming this group has been to me and uh, and getting a chance to share my love of the Habs. It's a joy. Hundred percent, man. And I, I enjoy having you on. It's nice to catch up with you because you know you're one of my good friends and it's a dream to talk to the people that i get to talk to on this show you know it, it's it keeps yeah. me going keeps me happy after games so i hope that that feeling filters through to our audience um charlie arsenal from game over ottawa is here he says once i'm back in ottawa i can't wait to head to any and all live sdpn events in toronto and montreal heck yeah charlie and i think Honestly, next year we should do something in Ottawa because Mark is from Ottawa. Ottawa is a short trek. I think we could do like a Montreal-Ottawa rivalry night in Ottawa. I think that would be super fun. I think that would be incredible. I just want to say STPN goes Hollywood 2024. (laughs) You probably wouldn't have much trouble convincing Jesse and Adam. Steve, maybe. Although he, well, Steve's actually been to LA, so who knows? But yeah, um, you know what? Uh, let's close on this. I'm going to tell everybody a story that just makes me smile every day. Um, both my kids have gotten like pretty heavy into Marvel stuff, right? They watch the uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon on Disney Plus, which is an extremely underrated and like good cartoon with like good adaptations from the comics. But of course, they've also watched some like MCU films, just because. They're like, I want to watch something. I want to watch a movie. I'm like, well, okay, you want to watch this movie? They're like, yeah. Uh, Both of them, for I was very confused, for a couple weeks now, have decided that Ant-Man is their favorite superhero. I'm like, who who makes Ant-Man their favorite superhero? Especially when, like, you're watching the movies, they're not getting Paul Rudd's jokes, right? Like, not really. You know why Ant-Man's their favorite, Arun? Um, I have no clue. He's a dad. That is incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. They both told me that's why. Oh, look at you raised him right. That is, 
I th- look, Ant-Man's got more movies than some of the other characters, so I could see how he's really ingrained their consciousness. I think he's fun, so I could see why someone loves Ant-Man, but um, that's incredible, man. I'm glad you're you're raising them right like that. Uh, how many times have you had them watch Black Adam, objectively the greatest, greatest super <laughs> movie of all time? Zero. <laughs> look, Zero times. I will leave it just to say The Rock seemed very, when he replied, he quote-tweeted me, he seemed both surprised and horrified I had watched uh, Black Adam eight times in one week. <laughs> and so, uh, Has he even seen Black Adam that many times? <laughs> I uh, so I'll say, Dwayne, my good friend, I'm sipping my ZOA, now available in Canada. Sip your ZOA, let's go. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, thanks everybody for a great season. It's been great talking to y'all. Uh, Andrew, it's really good to catch up with you again. Um, and uh I'm really excited for next season when I get proven right. Uh, but seriously, Dave Bastel, I want to see that bet. Habs or Leafs, who wins round one first? That is money. I'm sending that to him right after we had this show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Jerkshire bet. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Arun. Thanks to everyone here for joining us. We had a lot of fun, and uh, we continue to. We'll be back, I guess, on Thursday, four-game week, huh? At the end of the season, they're going to run us ragged. That's all right. We'll we'll do it. We got what? Uh, what's game seventy five today? So seven games left. Man, it's uh, it's almost over. And then we'll have the the lottery stream. We're gonna make the most out of these last couple of weeks of the season. I promise. We're gonna have a lot of fun, and I hope you guys all stick around with us. Uh, Arun, before we go, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Arun, A-R-U-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at Arun Singh, A-R-U-N-E-S-I-N-G-H. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but unless you really like Gundams, you're not going to really want to follow me there to just watch little videos of Gundams I've built. I think I might be real with Arun Singh as a joke, but you'll find me. It's Gundam videos and cats humping other cats, which sounds <laughs> less weird than it actually is, but it's my cats. Um, so, uh, you know, drop me a follow anytime you want to chat. If I, you know, I work in the comics industry. You ever want to chat comics? You ever want to talk about breaking in the world of comics? Always happy to make time for y'all. I uh, love meeting other uh, Jerkshire associates. There you go. And if you like Arun's shirt, you can head on to sdpnshop.ca and get some more Game Over merchandise. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. We'll see you on Thursday. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sportsbook.